With loads of business advice flooding the industry, it has never been harder to see the path to success. And you can't take action if you don't have clarity. Get clear on the actionable tips and strategies that will help to scale your business here on Masters in Clarity, the podcast that brings you clarity around messaging, business growth, digital marketing, personal development, and the business owner's journey to success. Let's join our guide, the master of turning clarity into action and lasting impact, Dolores Hirschman. Laura, I am so excited to have this conversation. And as we start everything here in this podcast, tell us a little bit about your clarity journey. Have you always been this clear about the work you do? And if not, how did this came about? <laughs> well, all of the things that actually they have kind of come together in a really wonderful way. And very strangely, it's like the intensity of the COVID times gave me the opportunity to really look at the collection of things that I have done and learned over my life, how these really fit together and create a kind of um, all-encompassing way for people to work with themselves and to heal things that have been problems in their life for a really, really long time. So I started out as a dancer and I did a whole lot of body work and performing and training. I was mostly a ballet dancer and a modern dancer in terms of concert stuff. Then I did a whole bunch of historical dancing. Then I started to choreograph to make my own dances, which caused me to, to work with all kinds of different people, musicians, set designers, costume designers. And it just expanded my ability to communicate, but also this idea of collaboration and how you create things with another person in conversation, in creation with another person that you wouldn't make by yourself. And this is a, a big element of the work that I teach, which I, I call body brain business balance. And it's a lot of different things, but we, our personal human self, unites all these things. You know, we have emotions, we have a physical body, we have dreams and aspirations, and we have thoughts, millions of thoughts every day. And so all of these, when we bring them together in one place, and then when we share with another person from an authentic center, we create connection and growth and healing. And so that was really wonderful for me to figure out that, that I didn't have to stop being a dancer and a mover and a creator to help people on a healing journey, that it's all combined. And that um, was super happy. <laughs> I love what you're sharing, a couple of things here, because I think in this in these conversations that I always have, I love asking this question because my listeners are in some part of the journey that I am or my guests are. And, and there is, and what I'm hearing is, it's almost like a requirement to go in this clarity journey and arrive to a safe harbor where you're doing work you love and you're having an impact, it's the requirement of an open mindness and an open heart. And I think there's a process which you just shared about the role and the journey of being a dancer where it was all about your move as dictated by a plan, the other choreographer or whoever was in charge of the overall performance, you were 
one player in that performance and there was a perfection needed in your performance and also there was a plan that was not yours part of the deal right it's part of what we do and and we're going to talk about perfection just a second but in the journey of you embracing your own movement your own dance under the supervision and plan of others and then shifting to moving beyond that to owning the moves and leading the moves as a choreographer and becoming one one voice in a collaboration of voices that make a performance like as a choreographer you're working with the production team and the stage and all the players that come together and now you're co-creating a performance versus just being someone following someone's rules and so and and the analogy that you're bringing in as that led you to the path of today of of bringing healing as you help someone collaborating their own internal elements like we all have inside of us we have performers we have choreographers we have costume designers i mean all of us it's inside of ourselves as well so talk to me about this permission or journey of opening your heart and opening your mind beyond that dancer perfect move and, and seeking that perfection to seeking the liberation of creation because creation has no perfection in it because it's messy and it's fun and it's vibrant it is and it's it's really interesting in terms of a journey because i i think that all of the things i learned perfecting a type of performance gave me skills and helped me learn to analyze helped me learn to move exactly in time with another group of people and the negative side of this was i learned to be hypercritical this wasn't good enough that wasn't good enough and this is the truth is is you know you're either on the beat or you're not on the beat i mean there is a definite there's a truth there <laughs> black and white thing and so i internalized a lot of that and i discovered it was making me more tense and more bound energetically, right, in my body. And since what I needed to do my work as a dancer or choreographer was my body, this tension I was putting on myself to be perfect, to be a perfect size, to, you know, whatever it was that I thought I wasn't, because that's a place where our thoughts come in and, the, and that self-critical piece I, you know, I think I'm still working on this. How do you get better at what you do without beating yourself up for what you don't know how to do yet? I think that that is a kind of a lifelong journey of healing. Lifelong dance, you could say. Yes, it is. It's a dance. And there's lots of steps to it. And one of the major things that shifted for me in the course of, well, okay, let me think here. Starting to collaborate like when you make your own thing and you do your own thing, you have control because it's just you or you think you have control. <laughs> More like that. But then when you start to work with other people, you have to listen to other ideas. You have to be open. And so then this openness is kind of the antithesis of perfection. Mm. So perfection is a specific thing. This is perfect. And everything outside of this is not perfect. Well, that's really limited and really limiting. 
And then when you say, somebody says, somebody says an idea and you're like, oh man, I never thought of that, but that's really cool. Or like in the dance studio, sometimes I would make a problem and I would have an idea of the solution, like a movement problem. And I, then I would set my dancer. I say, okay, here's the problem. Let me see how you solve this with movement, with your bodies. Because their bodies are different than my bodies. And suddenly they would come up with stuff I had never imagined that was really interesting and exciting. And if I had the rule that I had to make every step, then I have eliminated all of that co-creation. The co-creation, yeah. Yeah, that came out of the time and the place and the sharing of all of us in the studio. So that was a kind of a beginning of unraveling this. Then I did a, a, about three or four years worth of improvisational performances where I would work with a musician who was improvising and I was improvising movement. And, and we had a starting place and we had an ending place, but we had nothing in between. And this experience, well, and he was really, he was really brilliant, a really brilliant person and a wonderful composer and musician. His name is an artist, visual artist. His name is Philip Corner. He said, we're going to do this and we are going to perform these live for an audience, but we are going to practice every day, most every day, for two months with no audience. Then we will bring up small trusted people into the studio. And this was permission to make a mess of things. We weren't doing this the very first time for a ticketed audience where we had to be good, you know, we had to be a certain goodness. We were just communicating. And for me, this is a really big part. And you mentioned this earlier, the communication of the parts of ourselves with each other in ourselves. This is the micro version of the macro version of how we work in the world. So working with Philip, we gave ourselves the time to explore, to try all kinds of things that we might not have tried in front of an audience with a hesitancy. And we got a huge vocabulary of possible options so that when we did go live, we still had a beginning and an end and nothing in the middle, but we knew that we would come up with something good because we had come up with something interesting several, several times. So bringing that back, that trust in not knowing. I think that that's a really huge step in unraveling perfectionism. And I think that, that perfectionism comes from an, a desire to do our very best. I don't think it starts from a rigid and bound place. I think it gets rigid and bound often as people misinterpret what perfect is. Yeah, and, and, and you know, there's many layers there because it can also sometimes come from a fear or a consequence of imperfection, depending on, a, you know, everybody has different journeys, right? And there's perfection seeking for a self-worth place. There's a perfection seeking from a safety place, depending on people's past experiences. So let's talk about this journey, you know, and, and I'm fascinated, especially I love, I mean, I was a tap dancer, never professional. But I understand the language and the art of dance and, and the process of, of recreating with our bodies someone else's vision. Because really, a, a dancer led by a, another choreographer, you're really 
interpreting an intention from others. And depending on that choreographer's way of communicating, it could be a beautiful process. It could be a very painful process because if someone doesn't communicate properly and they have a way of imagining with a performance in their head, and then when you, you the dancer, show up to interpret it and you're not exactly what that person thought of, sometimes that can be tricky. And so if we translate this, all this conversation to your work today, because I think there's a lot of elements in the work that you do today on helping people manage their own emotions, their body connection, balancing, stress. You know, all of these are, are things and, and experiences you had in your life as a ballerina and that you're now translating your insights into helping everybody, not just regular, not just ballerinas, correct? Who are the people you love to work with? Because if our audience is listening, I want to make sure that they can identify that they are the people that should call you. <laughs> okay. So the people I love to work with are people who, oh, now they're going to laugh about this. You're going to really laugh. They know things can be better. Mm-hmm. And so, and they usually are passionate and strong-willed, and they are dedicated to improving themselves their lives, their families, but it's not working. Somehow it's not working. And the more and harder they try to make things better, the more things just feel off, out of balance, out of sync. And so those people, they're kind of banging up against the wall of their desire to be better, to be a better mom, to be a better wife, to be a better business person, And they don't know how to do it. And so the work I teach about balance and coming into balance with your body and your brain is to admit this, right? Mostly what happens, and you talked about that too, like about fear being a driver of perfectionism, is when things don't work right, you usually do what used to work in the past more and faster and harder. And we forget that this isn't the past. This is right now. And so like an improvisational dance, what we need right now is different than even our most successful thing from the past. So this is also the people I like to work with are curious. They, they're frustrated because things aren't working, but they know that things can work. And they're like, how could I make this work? There's got to be an answer. And there is an answer because that is that's what I have as an answer. And so then we start a journey of observing, observing our thoughts. And so let's talk about that. So, so if I say, I, Laura, I want to work with you, let's walk me through what happens from the moment you and I connect to the next moment. <laughs> the next, okay. So I would say, wow, it's great to talk to you. I'm so excited to meet you and to explore what kind of a journey we might go on together. And we can think about this as a trip journey or a creation journey. Like we are going to make a project together because it's a collaborative journey. And then I would say, tell me a little bit about what's going on in your life. What are some things going well? Uh, You know, a couple of things going well. And what are some things that aren't going so well for you? And, And if you would tell me those things, you know, we will celebrate the things that are going well. And then I will say, 
let me know how you felt when you tell me those things. Because even now when you're thinking about some things that are going well, and I don't know if this is, is a video as well as audio, but I see you smiling and you know, you're also, then when I, if I say to you, well, what are some things that aren't going so well? Your smile slightly goes away and your, the whole, your whole body a little bit pulls in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that is totally natural. And it's our body sharing with us that it feels better when we think about the things that are going well. And it doesn't feel as good. Energetically, it doesn't move as well when we think about what's not going well. And our whole life is built on on identifying what's not working and trying to fix it. And so if you start with what's not working, you already start with that baseline tension. So part of the work I do with people is to say, okay, we want to work on opening up this thing that's not going so well. And that's cool, but we're going to leave it over here on the side for a minute, and we're going to come back to what's going well for you. What's something that, that makes you feel happy or joyful or just even something as, as silly as you made fried eggs today and you didn't break any yolks when you turned them over? Simple wins. Simple wins. Yeah. And then we get a few more simple wins, and then we circle back to this thing that we might want to do differently. But we circle from this energy of possibility instead of the energy of this isn't going well and I have to fix it. And just that focus, that slightly larger focus puts this thing in balance for one thing because some things are going well and so, so this some, suddenly is not so big. And our mind is in a more open and creative space. And that's a simple way with a simple issue, you know, but it, it works on deep emotional issues. It works on creative blocks. The process is the same, just what you apply it to. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, that what you do is you help your people, your clients, get into that intuitive flow, which is at the core of every good dancer. You know, there is the choreography and then there is your through line of movement. And I'm understanding that you help your clients reconnect and sometimes connect for the first time with the through line of intuition, which is also the through line of our creation, of our movement, of our soul, right? Right. I love that. That's exactly right. It's so lovely to hear you say this. I'm probably going to go back and play the tape and write it down. (laughs) Well, Masters in Clarity, that's what we do. (laughs) I always say that, I mean, most of the people I work with, most of the guests I have in my podcast are people who have turned their past, their passion, their purpose into their life's work. And sometimes even throw in there their pain. Because it's the pain is part of the purpose, it's part of their passion, definitely part of their past. And when we can, you know, give ourselves permission to integrate it all with a shared purpose for bringing forth our life's work to have an impact. I mean, it's the beauty of people like us in the work that we do is we serve with, in many cases, with our past pain. It definitely, that desire to be better was the thing that set me on the path of learning. 
you know, and I wanted to dance better. And so I started to not just take technique classes, but to take the Alexander technique and to learn how my thinking either helped me dance better, helped me get into that zone of, of flow and movement, or how, like you can just imagine it, just imagine doing the wrong step right now. And your whole body goes, Hah! and from that slightly frozen place, it's twice as hard to move. And so that's part of what, where I started with, oh man, my body is so responsive to my thoughts on every level. And so then I did a lot of somatics work, craniosacral work, movement fundamentals. How does, how does the body communicate with us? Because the body has its own language. And a lot of times the language is mysterious to us, but pain is one of the key messages that comes from the body. It is a sign that things are out of balance. So a simple thing is if you eat something and you have a stomach ache, that's a sign that your body doesn't find that food to be nourishing. That's a fairly simple message. But if your feet start to hurt, that's a sign to look at what you're doing. How are your shoes? Maybe your shoes are worn out. Maybe you forgot to check and you wore the heels down. And so you're walking funny and this is making your feet hurt or your back hurt. So a lot of times people are like, oh, pain is bad. I just want to be rid of it. And I'm like, Mm, I think pain is your mailman. <laughs> yes, or your mailman. Mailwoman. <laughs> That's a good one. It's a messenger. It's bringing you information. And people think they think pain is one thing. But then like I say, okay, well, really, maybe your pain is trying to tell you something. And if you ask your pain what it's trying to tell you, then suddenly the pain like softens because the reason it's so tight and loud is you're not listening to it. Dang and it. it's yeah. And it's just like a person when somebody doesn't listen to you. It's like a two-year-old temper tantrum. <laughs> it, it just says it again and again and louder and louder and again. Exactly. So do you work with people through conversation or there's movement integrated into your work as well? Honest and truly, it's a total improvisation. So, so it could be either, <laughs> or both or none or, or both or, or maybe people want a journal. And so, you know, it's what comes up from the person. So I do a lot of work because uh, online, because I'm in Kansas, right? And I'm far from everybody, but through the internet, internet, I can connect to everyone. And then we just start, and then we are making like a dance. And and I call some, you know, I call this body, body brain business balance is what you get, but the process is dancing with ease. And it's, the ease is this energy in yourself, right? This awareness that we all have, but we really forget it a lot of times of that flow, that inspiration, that creativity, that just being right where you're supposed to be right now and enough right now. Enough right now. I love that. I love that. And so let me ask you a question. What are you most excited? Because, you know, 2021, we've just finished a pretty hefty dancing year. What are you most excited in the next 12 months? I think that one of the things that became really important for me during the whole, what I like to call strange and interesting times of COVID, and that was my first thing, is people were like, oh my God, this is a pandemic. Oh, this is terrible. This is, you know, and I'm like, 
okay? It's not cool. I'm down with this. This is not cool. This is not my first choice of things to have happen. But what if we look at it through the lens of this is very strange and very interesting. What happens to all the things? And so I ended up doing like 230 conversations online about strange and interesting times. Oh, that's cool. Whatever came up from COVID, sometimes my, my audience members would write things in that were bothering them. And I would say, okay, this is not perfect. It's not great. But what if you, like, like pain, what if you look at it differently? So the, one of the things I realized is how damaging fear is for everybody, the emotion of fear. And I realized that this work is very, I get, how can you like not know what your work does? But I think that's a part of the process of clarity. Is that by doing things, like I did with my composer friend, Philip, by doing our improvisation, we revealed to ourselves what the improvisation actually was. And so that is the same that happened with me, is by doing these conversations, changing the perspective on things, I realized how powerful that is and how that is a choice everybody can make at any moment. They have the ability to make the choice to say, how I'm thinking about whatever I'm thinking about affecting me. Is how I'm thinking making me feel tight and confined and constricted and angry? You can hear it in my voice right away, right? Even when I just say those words, and I come back to myself. And then my voice just changes all by itself. And so then I say, oh, now I feel differently. What did I do? I stopped thinking about constriction. I didn't think the opposite. I didn't think about expansion. I didn't think about anything. I just said, this thought is causing me pain. I'm going to listen to my body tell me that this thought is causing me pain. And I'm going to make a different choice. And that choice changes everything. Mm-hmm. Changes how my body feels, changes how I lean forward or back from the screen, changes the pitch and speed of my voice. And this is, I'm like, this will help people in all areas of their life to choose a path that brings this kind of at ease in yourself. And then suddenly your body's like, Yes, we've been calling you. <laughs> we've been telling you this. And your body suddenly is happy. And you're like, oh, that's so easy. And at the same time, the reason I, I work with people is because it's hard to remember in the moment. We get so caught up in the moment of what's happening. Let me see if I can do something really quick. I can give an example. Yeah, well, okay. After we finish this interview, I have a thing to write and it's pretty big and pretty important. And I'm like gone. I'm gone. I'm just suddenly gone to what's going to happen after this. I realize that. I hear my voice in my ear. I say, oh, I don't have to worry about that. It's not here yet. It's not here yet. It's not at the moment. That's the beauty of improv in general. And I think this this whole series of conversations you've been having and and this this thing you're tapping into as far as helping people be so aware of what's here, what's now, what is that thought, and to choose a different thought is, is powerful. So let me ask you a question. If you were to invite our audience to take one action, what action would our listeners 
would you invite our listeners to take right now? This is a funny, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask them to do a little experiment so that they have some immediate feedback from their body and they can start going forward to hear the messages from their body a little bit more clearly. And this action is to just take one hand and make a fist and squeeze it tighter and tighter and tighter and see what you feel. Notice, can you hear my voice? Is it so funny? And then just stop squeezing. And that is that choice. That's that thing. That tighter, I could feel it in my voice. My arm was getting, so I felt my muscles, all my arm muscles were tightening. Your body will tell you different things about squeezing that fist. And when you stop squeezing, that is that instant decision of, of not <laughs> release and not continuing down the path of increasing the tension in your system. I love that. I love that. Well, you heard, you heard it. Make that fist. Be aware of that tension and then release and feel the release. And that is true whether you're holding your fist tight or your thought tight or your anger tight, or your pain tight, whatever it is that you're holding tight, just test what would look like, what does it feel like to release it? I love that. Thank you, Lara, for that simple but powerful metaphor and exercise at the same time. One more question. Is this one book we must read? What is a book? One of the things you were mentioned that you and I discussed was the body awareness in action. Uh, which I think changed name to Freedom to Change by Frank Pierce Jones. Yes, that is for me, that was a really profound, shifting book. I read it early. I was uh, probably still in my 20s, probably my late 20s. But it was both scientific, like why the changing happens, right? So we experience this with the fist. But the other thing that happens is when we have tension in our system or we have fear, we, we connect the back of the neck collapses and it, and it just interferes with everything. Interferes with breathing, interferes with moving, interferes with speaking. And, and so that book has a lot of, well, the guy was amazing. He did this really early before there was computers. And so he has x-rays and all kinds of things that show the human body, which of course is my passion, and give proof as to how something so subtle as changing your thinking and actually change your skeletal alignment and your physical posture. I love that. I and love it. it's this freedom to change. This choice. This is everyone's choice to make this. To stop squeezing. Just just to stop squeezing. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to stretch. You don't have to sit up. You don't have to do anything differently. Just stop that one thing. I love that. I love that. I love that. And we'll, we're going to add the information about the book in the show notes. So. Where should people find you if they want to work with you and release with you and find balance with you? I am at dancingwithease.com. Dancingwithease.com. And they can, they can email me, laura at dancingwithease.com, or just go to my website. I have a couple of little free gifts they could sign up for. Some awesome. So we'll put that in the show notes, dancingwithease.com. Well, Laura, thank you so much for your time today. Any parting words you want to share with us? Enjoy. Mm. Enjoy, which also can translate to in joy. Stay in 
joy and in the joy of that flow that we were talking about. Well, thank you, Laura, for taking time to chat with us today. And I will actually check out your website and learn so more about your work because I think it's fascinating, your journey and the work you do. Thank you so much for, for coming today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure and a joy to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Masters in Clarity. If you loved today's show, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Share this episode with two people in your world. And as a gift, go to mastersinclarity.com slash free to download free clarity resources. Join your host, Dolores Hirschman, next time to continue forging a clear path to your impactful success.